Good morning and welcome to VSA Capital 5 Minute Morning Minor. It's Friday the 10th of December. We really are cracking on with December and uh, into the Christmas season. I'm sure people are starting to go to Christmas parties now. Paul, how about you? Any Christmas parties yet? Uh, I haven't been to one Christmas party yet, but uh, not too many scheduled going forward here at this point. Well, it's, it's, it's this, this coronavirus. A lot of them are being cancelled, aren't they? And not everybody wants to go to them. Some yeah, I know. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's crack on with a bit of news today. Let's start with my favourite, Tectonic Gold, Paul. I mean, I'll let you comment on the RNS this morning first. Yep. Uh, pretty simple situation there that because of delays with assays and that sort of thing, uh, logistical issues around uh, professionals uh, being able to uh, work around COVID curtailments and so forth, uh, the Tectonic has uh, decided to push back the um, eligibility for exercise of the February 2022 uh, warrants to July. It allows them enough time to get all the assays back and uh, essentially plan the 2022 uh, drilling program uh, to be able to present to investors before those are um, expire. It also, uh, they also made a point to uh, say that uh, they do have enough money to uh, complete the 2021 program, which they had to curtail early due to weather. Uh, so the warrant exercise itself doesn't put them in any uh, financial difficulty. But it isn't the other key part, actually, in the first sentence, Paul, where it says it is pleased to announce that the discussions with potential development partners in respect of the company's licenses are progressing. Well, I would say that that's been in the news of things for the last uh, six or nine months or so, but it doesn't actually add anything new to the story. So it's still a, a really good project uh, that the um, majors are, are equally uh, interested to see what these assays are. Yeah. Which, which majors do you think that would be looking well, they've been surrounded by Rio Tinto already uh, here on three sides with uh, acreage. So that's the first likely one uh, to have uh, interest to, to uh, have a look. But anybody like uh, the other Australian players out there like uh, Newcrest and so forth would also be looking closely at it. It would be nice, wouldn't it, if we had a nice, nice, well, either a, a, obviously a farm in a bit like Greatland Gold did um, or a nice takeout. I think uh, shareholders would be delighted. I think shareholders would be delighted, yes. Uh, we've, all, we've all got about 5p in our minds. I know that. That's what. Uh, anyway, there we go. Enough of that. Let's move on. What else you got, Paul? <laughs> Record gem fields. The Ruby auction results released out today. Uh, gem fields being the colored gemstone, emeralds, and ruby producer in Africa as well as uh, Latin America. Rubies from the Monte Puez mine in uh, Mozambique here. And it uh, came out uh, with uh, revenues on this particular auction of 88 uh, million uh, at an average price of $132 a carat. Uh, and of 107 lots offered, 104 were sold. So only three lots uh, or less, only 3% of the lots uh, didn't uh, carry through which means they have all-time uh, revenue in the annual period here of $239 million, uh, across emeralds and ruby auctions at this point. So uh, definitely a nice recovery going to come out in financial statements uh, for Gemfields, I think. Mm. You, you've liked that one for a little while, actually, haven't you? So, yeah. Do they still own Fabergé? Uh, Fab, I, that I can't, I'd have to go look it, look it up, actually. Ah, that caught you Not on the sure. Uh All right, let's move quickly on. What else? Uh, 
We have Anglo-American actually put out a forecast uh, here on what they expected their full year 2021 results uh, to uh, come out to. And uh, the, that was uh, for production to be up by about 7% overall, uh, backed by the PGM and Rough Diamond uh, activity. Unit costs they also thought would be up by 10% as well, given to some inflationary pressures and underlying operations. Uh, but their CapEx commitment uh, would be down because uh, of uh, delayed uh, uh, delivery uh, into uh, construction of uh, various projects. So that would only be at 5.2 billion versus uh, a bit more they were expecting for the year. 2022 unit costs, they expect to go up by 4% and uh, they expect their CapEx in 2022. Uh, to be a little bit higher up in the six and a half billion range because of some of this deferred uh, 2021 expenditure. They also announced today in a separate uh, announcement, they're making some safety design changes for the Woodsmith, the polyhalite uh, mine up there in the UK. Uh, and that uh, just as they uh, get through the development and construction program here, they're uh, given the uh, length of time between the original designing and the uh, actual delivery here, they feel they can make uh, or would like to make some changes in that regard. Also that Tom uh, McCulley, who uh, had led the Quelaveco Copper Project in Peru, would take over as new CEO uh, of uh, crop nutrients, uh, where Chris Fraser who had come from Serious Minerals about 12 years ago and been leading the Woodsmith uh, program for quite a long time, will uh, step down. Okay, and do I see uh, Ken Mayer is doing a share buyback, quite a big one actually? Yes, uh, they had announced a, a, a share buyback some. Uh, uh, weeks ago, and uh, they announced the tender results uh, here today that 13.5% uh, of shares in issue of uh, uh, Ken Mayer had been tendered into the offer of uh, £4.17 per share uh, to buy back, which means it will be a, uh, a cost of £62 million, uh, sterling to uh, Ken Mayer. And uh, essentially, uh, they will exercise on be able to cover pretty much uh, all of what uh, uh, had been offered up to them. It wasn't overly uh, uh, subscribed to where they had to roll people back by quite a lot. So it looks pretty successful here. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a slightly complicated story, isn't it, Ken? I mean, that they, they've done various share consolidations and things like that. I mean, the price at one stage was, whoa. I mean, if you go back to sort of 2000 and uh, 12, 13, it was significantly higher uh, than it is today. It's been a very tough story, hasn't it, Kenma? Yes, yes, uh, and, but the, the perseverance has uh, uh, been uh, rewarding uh, enough uh, for management as well as the shareholders, I would say. It's just the uh, uh, f the difficulty that is represented in bringing a big mine into production by a company that uh, uh, ha hasn't uh, done it before. So. Mm. Okay, anything else, Paul, or should we call it done? Just a quick mention of that news, that came, big news in M&A activity that came out uh, late Wednesday, and that's Ken Ross Gold to take over Great Bear Resources at uh, uh, upfront payment of $1.4 billion U.S. Uh, plus contingent pay payments to follow once the uh, Great Bears Dixie project uh, is brought into production, given uh, 
on the, the expected size. It's important to note uh, here for investors that Great Bear has not yet declared a maiden resource at, at all for the Dixie project. Uh, it's all based on drilling uh, results uh, into the uh, uh, public space, plus uh, the internal due diligence that Ken Ross has done to offer such a big uh, amount of money for Great Bear. Uh, the number of times we said watch out for more M&A activity on this podcast, Paul, is I'm losing count, but there will be <laughs> more and there'll right. be more. <laughs> All right, right, have a great weekend and we'll be back again next week. Very good. Thank you.